In the book of James, toward the end is a little verse that seems out of place or hard to connect with the surrounding context. It is James 5:12. but above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but your yes is to be yes, and your no, no, so that you may not fall under judgment. Many people have argued about how this verse fits within the Holy Spirit-inspired context. The Holy Spirit did not just inspire the words of the Bible, but the way those words are arranged in sentences, the way those sentences are arranged into paragraphs, and the way those paragraphs make the book of the Bible. This verse seems difficult to fit. Is this verse situated in such a way as to assume that the above all means that this is more important than any other instruction given? It seems very unlikely that is what it is meant to communicate. Is this verse meant to provide a transition from perseverance to prayer as the most important aspects of life, especially to those who have been persecuted for righteousness sake? They need to hold on to Jesus and pray. This is the idea in chapter 1 as well. Or is this verse a part of the final three imperatives in the book? This is also a possibility. If this is a part of the final three commands of the book, one would expect it to be the most important part because it comes first, but this does not seem what they were talking about. As a transition, it would mean that the way one responds to difficulty in living out their faith in a hostile environment would be to expect martyrdom, but not to purposefully seek out difficulty. We must make sure our yes is yes and not camouflage for religious-sounding words with no intent to follow through. We must also let our no mean no. We don't need to say no in public, but then say yes in private. People will recognize a phony. They will see that we do not take our relationship with Jesus seriously. How are some ways that we might violate this command? First, consider how they violated this in the past. The Jews created a whole intricate system of oaths that were indications of one's intention to follow through on their word. If one swore by their sandals, they knew this would be easy to break. If they swore by heaven, the throne of heaven, the clouds, etc., they were swearing by things God made, so they were making light of God's glory. God did not like that. The third commandment says not to take the name of the Lord in vain. This does not have to mean asking God to damn something or swearing by God. It can also mean taking an oath to do something you have no intention of doing. If can be including, God told me, in an attempt to gain more credibility. Flippant, hasty, or even blasphemous oaths are to be avoided. One might object on the basis that there are places in the Bible where people were told to take oaths. This is correct. Exodus 22 10-11 instruct a person to take an oath that they did not kill or steal someone's animal. In Numbers 5 19-22 a wife accused of infidelity was to take an oath to her innocence. In addition to the Bible's instruction to take oaths seriously, we also see in Hebrews 6 that God took an oath. So oaths are not necessarily always to be avoided, but when one takes one, it must be entered into with solemn intentionally and commitment to carry it out. Ultimately, a Christian must show himself genuine by their speech. James wrote about speech in every chapter of this letter, so speech can be a great tool for revealing one's faith or it can be a form of camouflage that people cannot see someone's faith. God wants our light to so shine before men that they glorify our Father who art in heaven. What does your speech reveal about your walk with the Lord? What do you want it to reveal? What needs to change?